It's starting to get spooky on the recruiting trail. We're going to figure out what happened with Cormani McLean. Desmond Ricks locks in three official visits, and there's another commitment on tap today. I am your host, Josh Newberg. This is the Inside Scoop. We're going to bring on Chad Simmons, director of recruiting here at On3. And uh, Chad, were you surprised when you saw Cormani McLean put on a Miami Hurricane hat on Thursday? Uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised when I say I heard about it. I didn't see it. I was on the road that day out west, and I didn't see it uh, with my own two eyes. But when I heard about it, I almost thought maybe typo or, or mistake, you know, uh, out there. So, yeah, I was very surprised. I think most of the country was. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Gator Insiders, you had Corey Bender, Blake Alderman, everybody that covers this business thought that it was a Miami, or a uh, Florida-Alabama battle, and Miami was kind of an afterthought. Even the Gators, I mean, they got 100 people working on off-field recruiting at UF. How come nobody had an idea that Miami was a real threat? I think that's the way they liked it. And they laid low for a while. I think they weren't really weren't a true threat until obviously very late, right before that commitment, probably the week of. I mean, obviously they were trying to communicate and stay in this race. But, you know, I was down there in September. Komani even told me himself kind of quietly off the record. Uh, that it was Alabama and Florida at that time. Yeah, Miami was still a top three, but the top two were Bama and Florida. Uh, so, yeah, I don't – you know, Miami did a great job staying in stealth mode and, and going under the radar and really only their people. I think only a select group of their people even knew this was happening. So uh, it was a very big surprise with McLean picked Miami. I think Florida and Miami both needed this one. Both head coaches are in their first year. Both teams not off to the greatest start on the field, but Miami somehow, you know, they come in, they get five-star plus cornerback Cormani McLean to commit to them. Of course, it's not over until he signs. But do you think that this could kind of spur some momentum for Miami on the recruiting trail now? And who do you think maybe they turn their attention to? Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. Obviously, Cormani's a, a huge name. Like you said, Josh, five-star plus kid. That's that's one of the select few uh, in that group. He's an elite player. You know, he's not a kid that's out there chirping and talking with recruits and text groups and stuff like that. That's not his personality. But his name alone does draw a lot of attention and only helps Miami with others. And starting right there with uh, in Florida, IMG's Desmond, Desmond Ricks, who recently reclassified. You know, obviously, he's a name to watch. I put my Miami in that initial group of probably four or five schools to keep an eye on. Uh, they'll work hard to get him back to Coral Gable sometime. I think and the, the biggest probably trending that way is still O-Tackle Samson Okunlola up, up from Massachusetts. He's been trending Miami's way since late in the summer. Uh, and it seems like what we kind of thought with McLean, only a matter of time until McLean picked Florida. We felt the same way about Okunlola picking Miami at some point. Uh, but there's some other guys they're still involved with. Nicholas Harbor, uh, I think, is one of, obviously the local kid, Ruben Bain. They want to keep him home. His uncle played there. You have Alabama, Auburn, Louisville, uh, Florida State, some other schools involved there. So, yeah, Miami's definitely, I think, going to add some more pieces to this class. And I think we'll, we'll see them add those guys between now and, and mid to late December. 
Yeah, two five-star prospects already committed to them. Like I said, Miami is struggling on the field, but on the recruiting trail, they're just absolutely killing it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about five-star corner Desmond Ricks. Last week, he reclassified. He was in the 24 class. He's now in the 23 class and ready to be recruited. He's wasting no time. He just locked in three official visits. He talked to you last night on the record about it. What did he say? Yeah, he's got three set up. You know, I mentioned this in the Simmons scoop piece the day he reclassified that he was likely going back to Alabama for the Iron Bowl late in November, and he's now locked that in for the official visit to Alabama. He was there for a game earlier this fall. He's been there before. Uh, that connection with T-Rob is real. Uh, obviously, he knows about Bama's production. Uh, and I've mentioned the two I think are trending at the moment have been Alabama and then LSU. He's now locked in OV to LSU for mid-December, the weekend before the early signing period. So uh, something to keep an eye on there. And I think both those SEC programs are doing a great job uh, with Ricks. You know, his family's involved as well. And those are two big, I think, key official visits. And you have Florida, who's gotten in there and landed one for the first weekend in December. Uh, he's tripped to Florida before. He has numer numerous IMG ties to the University of Florida, uh, has connections there. And he's locked in those first three. Again, I go back, I think Miami is in position to land one at some point, whether it be November or December. Uh, and they're a major player in this as well. Okay, so I'm looking at these dates, right? I got Alabama for the Iron Bowl. That's going to be at the end of November. Then we got Gators in early December. And then the week before early signing day, right before the dead period, he's going to be on campus at LSU. Now, on the surface – that looks like LSU secured the final visit. However, you told me on the last show that he might not be in a rush to make a decision. He could take this thing till the February signing day. So if that's the case, how important are these early visits? Yeah, I think the early visits are important because I think this was going to work him and push him to sign early and get him done. I think they want to wrap it up. I think, you know, obviously if they, you know, if Bama gets him there in November and then Florida and LSU, maybe Miami in December, uh, and he doesn't sign in December, they'll use those in-home visits and, and make it really, you know, big, almost like a, you know, two or three hour dinner meeting on Mondays or Tuesdays in January, try to wrap things up then. But I think schools would love for him to go ahead and kind of, you know, figure out where he wants to go and wrap things up during the early signing period. So I think that's the goal, I think, of these schools. I think Ricks is a little bit still open to that. That's not his plan as of now to sign early. But I do think he's listening. He's thinking. I think if he feels like he's ready, he could definitely sign early. Okay, yeah, that'll be one to watch. I mean, maybe one of these teams kind of sandbags it a little bit and saves their official visit, like a Miami saves their official visit in January, and then they're the only program that gets them on campus for an OV in that month. But like you said, I'm sure these schools want to get him on campus early, get him enrolled a semester before everybody else and get him acclimated to the college game. So we'll see what happens there. But you think he might be open to that December signing? I do. I think these visits say a lot about that, too. I think, you know, obviously a week ago, um, maybe he goes to Alabama for an unofficial, maybe takes another trip here and there. But I think him locking these visits in before the signing period, early signing period, I think at least shows his mind is open to making that early decision. All right. Moving on to five star running back Cedric Baxter. Uh, Cedric Baxter is committed to Texas. He says he's solid, but over the weekend, he was in Tallahassee for an official visit to Florida State. 
the Orlando Edgewater five star. Do you believe that the Seminoles have a chance here or was he just going to take a visit because he had nothing else to do on the weekend? You know, it's, it's hard to rule him out when you go there twice in, you know, what, three or four weeks span and you're there for an official visit, grew up an FSU fan. Uh, you live in the Sunshine State. You have great connections with Mike Norvell, Marcus Woodson, that staff in Tallahassee. But coming out of that trip, I still feel pretty confident saying that Texas, you know, keeps him in this class. That connection he has with the Shard Choice. I mean, there was some communication with, you know, Texas during the visit. And uh, I think he goes back to Texas at some point in November or December uh, for an unofficial to hang out with the staff. And I think the connection with the Shard Choice, I think that that's what really holds this thing together for the University of Texas. I do think you have to consider Florida State, if you want to call them, you know, the threat to watch, you know, to Texas because he's been there a couple of times. He's a big fan of the school. He has good relationships there. But I still hear on my end that Texas is still in a good spot to hang on to Cedric Baxter. Yeah. And I think the key here is, does he make it back again? And I, I know there's been a lot of action here recently. He took an unofficial visit to FSU two weeks ago. That's kind of what got this all started. At the end of that week, Mike Norvell took the chopper down to Orlando to go visit him and go watch him practice. And then he returns the favor with an official visit the next weekend. My my thing with this is, is Florida State doing this all too early? Meaning the December signing day is still six, eight weeks away. All of this seems like they got some momentum now, but can they hold on to that momentum with Cedric Baxter over the next six to eight weeks? The key to that will be if they get him back on campus. I think from what I'm hearing, they're going to try to get him in for the Gator game at the end of November. I think if he does make it back to campus for a third time in about two months, then I do think something is cooking there. However, like you said, Texas is going to play some defense. They're going to try to get him on campus, and they're going to try to solidify this thing. So, Chad, we'll keep an eye on this one and uh, another potential flip in the Sunshine State. But let's move on. You were in Arizona over the weekend, and one of the prospects you got to see last week was the number one tight end in the nation, five-star Deuce Robinson. How's he doing, and what's his recruitment up to? Well, he's still doing like five stars do very well. I mean, the kid's fun to watch, man, play. I mean, they, they lost the game to Highland I was at last Thursday, but – um, I mean, Deuce checks those boxes for big wide receiver, athletic tight end. Uh, obviously, he's a baseball star, a two-sport guy, evaluating both sides uh, when it comes to recruiting. But uh, as a recruit, you know, I, I logged a pick for USC on the on-three recruiting prediction machine uh, way back months ago. And I think USC has had the momentum. He's been there multiple times since Lincoln Riley took over in Los Angeles. And uh, that connection's there with that staff and the offensive flow. And of course, the staff that they're, um, that, I'm sorry, the, the class they're building here in 2023, uh, he's close with those guys, with Malachi Nelson, Zach Branch and all that. But since that official visit to the University of Georgia, there's been a lot of traction picking up with him and Georgia. Um, you know, his father played at Florida State at that time, Kirby Smart was a GA at Florida State. There's an underlying relationship there. A lot of people don't talk about that. His dad saw Kirby at an early age, just learning how to be a coach. They've stayed in contact. They know each other. And then Deuce loves the SEC. Alabama's involved as well. He's going to take trips to Texas and Oregon in November. 
But I'm starting to lean a little bit towards Georgia being that trendy favorite at this point for Deuce Robinson. Obviously, their tight end play speaks for itself. Everybody knows about Brock Bowers. Everybody knows about Big Zero, Darnell Washington. Deuce obviously watches that closely, how they use those guys, how they play, you know, 12 and 13 personnel a lot and get guys like him on the field early. So with the buzz I've picked up in Arizona, what I've been hearing since that trip uh, for Deuce Robinson to Athens uh, earlier in October, uh, I like where Georgia is at the moment, slightly ahead of USC. Recruiting prediction coming up soon? Uh, I think you can stay tuned for that one for sure. Oh, okay, Chad. I like where your head's at with that. Um, let's talk about big offensive tackle Caleb Lemieux. He's coming off of a visit to Michigan. I know you spoke to him, saw you put out an article on On3 yesterday. Uh, tell us what he's feeling coming out of that official. Yeah, he's another kid. I know we like a lot at On3, top 100 kid for us. And, you know, I saw him play. He's the team that beat Deuce Robinson on Thursday night at Highland. And, you know, you see that athleticism, that natural bend. And, you know, speaking of Deuce, I mean, going back, Steve Sarkeesian and Coach Banks were there from Texas uh, on Thursday. They definitely walked down and kept a close eye on Lemieux. They're not involved too much there, but I think he intrigued them as well, just the way he moves around, run around the field. And, uh, you know, he was back at Michigan for an official visit. He was there over the summer for an unofficial. Uh, he was an official this weekend. I think Michigan – uh, knocked it out of the park. I think they did all they could do to impress him, his family, with their academic presentation. Obviously, the football side, huge win of the rivalry game in state school, Michigan State, on Saturday. I think the only question is there is distance. You know, is it too far? Does he want to go that far from the Phoenix area, you know, to the Midwest and Ann Arbor? His main schools before Michigan were Utah local school Arizona and then USC goes out to USC for an official here in a couple of weeks in November I think that's going to be a very big visit for him for his family you know at one time Arizona was trending uh, back in the spring I think Utah and USC have moved up above Arizona at this point but keep an eye on Michigan I think it comes down when they sit down to make that final decision probably later in November sometime between mid and the end of the month uh, I think they talk about location. How mm -hmm. big is that? How big of a factor? If it's not that big, Michigan could come in there and pull this one out of the West Coast. If not, I think USC and Utah battle this one out late. Yeah, hey, Michigan's having a great season. If they're going to recruit nationally, it's going to be this year, and, and typically they can do that. So we'll see if they can dip into Arizona and pull one of the best offensive tackles in the country. Today, there's going to be a big decision being made. On 300 defensive lineman Caden McDonald has announced that he's going to commit today. Chad, this is one that you've been following. Who are the primary contenders for McDonald, and where do you think he ends up? Well, Cade has done a great job of keeping people guessing, Josh. I mean, including, you know, I think the coaching staff's involved. He's been very, you know, it. I think vague about, you know, uh, who he likes, what type of order he has in his mind. I mean, obviously, you cover recruiting as well. We know these kids can say top five, top threes. We all know they have an order in their mind where those schools are at, one through five, one through three. Uh, there's an order typically for these guys. I think, you know, Caden's had that. Uh, throughout this process. Now, I do think it's changed, you know, a few times. Obviously, the schools involved uh, are Clemson, Florida, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Michigan. Uh, I made a note last week, you know, I thought uh, schools were trending up north, the Big Tens, Michigan and Ohio State visited both those schools this fall for 
official visits. I mean, Clemson's been the kind of the hot, trendy, easy pick, you know, over the spring, summer, early in the fall. I think Florida's done an excellent job uh, recruiting McDonald. And then he, he loves that staff. I think if there was no change at the Clemson staff and you still had Venables there, you still had Todd Bates there, I think I'd feel better about saying McDonald to Clemson tonight. But right now I think it comes down to those Big Ten programs, man. Michigan, Ohio State, there's been a little bit more buzz maybe around the Buckeyes uh, needing those interior defensive linemen. We know about Larry Johnson's resume. Uh, it speaks for itself, their player development. Um, but Michigan definitely has made this one interesting. And again, people still talk about Clemson a lot, uh, even Oklahoma as well. Um, I think both those programs did a great job, as did Florida. But right now, it looks like Ohio State and Michigan are battling it out late for Caden McDonald. All right. Big trench battle taking place. And we will have his commitment. The results will be on on three later today. Go check that out. All right, let's move to the 2024 class. The number one quarterback in the class, Dylan Rayola, was on the move this weekend. And I know you got to talk to him last week when you were out west. Uh, but Rayola made some noise. The Ohio State commitment took a trip to Nebraska over the weekend, and it made some buzz. But he's about over a year away from signing. But is there anything for Ohio State fans to be concerned about right now? No. There's not, Josh. I mean, he's locked in. Dylan had the Ohio State towel. He had a little bit of the stickers on his um, uh, on some of his pads as well with the Buckeye stickers and logos. And uh, he's recruiting extremely hard uh, in that 2024 class for Ohio State. Listen, if you don't know, his dad is a living legend at Nebraska. Dad was an All-American there, played in the league 12-plus years out of Nebraska. Um, his jersey's hung in the stands. His uncle plays there. Nebraska offered his younger brother uh, earlier last week. Uh, and actually, his family was in town, his grandparents, his father's family from Hawaii, uh, attending their first game at Nebraska since Dominic, his father's last game there. So uh, I think under underneath, there's some love for Nebraska, no doubt. You know, his dad played there, uh, has a lot of respect for the program, that tradition. Um but no, uh, no, Ohio State has nothing to worry about. There's nothing right now I can say other than Dylan Rayola is strong and solid to Ohio State. All right. Thanks for putting that fire out for us, Chad. Let's stay in the 2024 class. Julian Sayan, California four-star quarterback, the number four quarterback overall in the on three rankings for 2024. He is announcing his final decision this week. You said it was going to happen quick. It's going to happen this week. You've been talking to Julian saying, how do you see this recruitment shaking out? You know, he's never been a kid to come out and announce, you know, top schools, finalists, all that kind of stuff. And I don't expect him to do that in the next couple of days. But, um, you know, from the outside looking in, it's always been, you know, at least for a while now, three SEC schools, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. You know, obviously we know Georgia took uh, 2024 quarterback Ryan Puglisi. Uh, top 50 player for us on on three up from the Boston area. Um, so I think that I don't want to say eliminates Georgia, but definitely think knocks them behind Alabama and LSU. I think it comes down to those two schools. He visited both uh, LSU in September, uh, Alabama in October. Heading into that trip to Alabama, uh, the buzz was heavy around LSU. His connection with Joe Sloan. Uh, Brian Kelly, the staff at LSU, how they made him a priority. Uh, and then he trips to Alabama. We all know what that typically does. That elevates Alabama on seems like every recruits list. And coming out of that trip, 
I mentioned that Bama made a significant move for Julian saying the elite quarterback out of Carlsbad, California. Um, and I think this race is tight. There's been more confidence. I think the last couple of weeks at LSU and Baton Rouge, I think things have picked up confident confidence wise in Tuscaloosa since that visit. Uh, and this one could still go. I think either way you asked me a week, week and a half ago, I would have been strong about LSU. You asked me now I'm hearing different things, maybe a little bit more trendy towards Alabama uh, after that visit. So it's going to be one to definitely keep an eye on the next couple of days and watch on Wednesday as it plays out. You know, obviously both schools have made their pitch early to Julian saying, and I think LSU and Alabama both would welcome him with open arms in this class. Good old-fashioned SEC battle for one of the top quarterbacks in America. Julian Sayan will get his announcement on Wednesday. Thanks for checking in with us today, Chad, on the Inside Scoop. And we are back on the Inside Scoop. Up next, national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. Sam, on three running back Kedrick Riscano reopened his recruitment over the weekend. He decommitted from Michigan State. Uh, the running back out of Texas is now going to do what? <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, Riscano's recruitment, number six running back in the country on on three. Um, this, this divorce between the two sides, between Michigan State, um, has been, uh, you know, kind of bubbling up for a couple of weeks at this point. A ton of different schools have gotten into the mix with Riscano, including Ole Miss. He's visited Arkansas. Texas A&M was working to get, to get the area running back on campus over the weekend. He did not make that visit. Um, but finally, he, he kind of separated from Michigan State. They had had him committed for almost, for almost a year at this point riding a visit high from a year ago, winning a snow game up in a Big Ten territory. But um, I'm expecting Riscano to stay a little bit closer to home. Um, Ole Miss hosted him earlier in October for a visit. Um, there is growing confidence in Oxford about Riscano with, with Zach Evans, with Quinshawn Junkins, um, thriving in Ole Miss's backfield, having an offensive mastermind like, like Lane Kiffin at the helm. Ole Miss has gone all in on Riscano. I've entered an RPM pick for Reese Conner to land at Ole Miss. And even before, he did not visit Texas A&M, which was thought to be a contender here in state as they look for another running back in this class. Um, I, I was told there was even more growing optimism about the Ole Miss's chances with Riscano. So it seems like that's the move, move but Penn State offered. I think he's going to take his time trying to figure out where his next move will be. Do you think he takes some official visits? And if so, who do you think is in line to get those? Yeah, those. I think he's going to get him back on campus for sure in November. Um, you know, Texas A&M was hoping to get him on campus. Um, but I, I do think that he is, you know, at this point in the calendar, it's closer to the finish line. Ole Miss made a significant move. It, it did not happen overnight. And like I said, the divorce with Michigan State was was in the cards coming as he wants to play in South. He wants to play closer to home in Houston. In Houston. If A&M offers and, and can get in the mix, you know, there's a relationship that has been there for some time, and, and they need another running back in Riscano having a, a stellar senior season over there in New Caney. Um, I think that A&M has some, some power if they want to get involved. But right now, it's Ole Miss's race to lose. All right. Yeah, it certainly sounds like Ole Miss is the team to beat. Uh, let's talk a little 2024 quarterback recruiting. Um, Chad Simmons was just on, and he mentioned that Julian Sayan is going to announce his decision on Wednesday, which will mean half of the top six quarterbacks in America, according to On3, will be committed by the end of this week. 
leaving DJ Lagway, Jake Merklinger, and Jaden Davis as the 2024 uncommitted in the top six for on three player rankings. Um, how do you see these dominoes falling? Because we've been talking a lot about DJ Lagway, who's now the number two quarterback in America, making his decision possibly after the new year into the spring. Do you think that timeline moves up? How do you see this playing out? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's about to start raining 24 quarterbacks uh, out there. And, and Julian Sane is going to get things going on Wednesday. This seems to be a race between Alabama and LSU. And, and whoever does not get him, um, you know, that opens the door for, for Lagway, who's, who's, very, who's nearing a decision at this point. You know, as we flip the calendar over to November, um, he's, he's returning to school. Turning to, turning to Texas, and he's already been to Florida twice. Um, he's heading to USC later this month, and he's also trying to squeeze in a visit to Alabama. Um, so you would imagine if, if LSU, LSU, which is leading the offer, saying um, if that winds up working out, Alabama is still in the mix with a quarterback like DJ Lagway. Um, they're also, they recently offered Walker White, one of the top players from Arkansas in the 2024 class. He's set to visit Alabama for the Iron Bowl. Um, he is one of the top quarterbacks in the country for next year. They also have hosted Josh Flowers out of Mobile, Alabama, one of the state's best best players. So it seems like Alabama has a bunch of quarterbacks warm. Um, they are going to start flying off the board with Sayin and then Lagway. And, and like you mentioned, Jaden Davis is coming off a visit to Ann Arbor. Um, Michigan has been the team trending with Jaden Davis for some time. So what this is meaning is, you know, half of these, you know, elite top level quarterbacks are going to be off the board you know, some sometime here in the next two or months. And then you have a school potentially like Alabama and has to figure it out. And there's still a few more dominoes, but I think we got a lot more drama coming in over the next few months now with you know, with, with these quarterbacks to ball off the board. Yeah, I trust Alabama with what they do at QB recruiting. They, they've seemed to have figured it out a lot over the past couple of years at that position. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, where was DJ Lagway this weekend? He visited Texas A&M. Okay, so he's been to a bunch of good games. I mean, he's been to a couple UF games. He's been to a couple Texas A&M games. Has he been to a game where the team that he's visiting has actually won, though? That's an interesting question. Uh, I do think that Arkansas and LSU um, came out on top when he visited those two SEC schools. He's going to be at USC uh, when Notre Dame comes to town next month. You know, if I was a betting guy, I might bet on the Trojans in that one. And, and I do think he'll get to Alabama at some point um, in November, um, which, you know, I think the odds suggest that might be a dub for them, too. All right. Well, Julian Sain will be announcing on Wednesday and then the rest of the class is on the clock after that. <laughs> thanks for checking in with us today, Sam, on the Inside Scoop. Yep. Thanks, Josh. See ya. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.